welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about how you can collaborate with your competition to win. In episode 109 of the podcast, I covered six steps to beating the competition. But what if there's another way? The only person you should compete with is a person that you were yesterday. And the only business you really should be focused on when you're in competition is competing with the business that you were yesterday. So if that plays out and if that's true, then who's to say you can't collaborate with your competition? Perhaps collaboration is the new competition. I mean, business in a competitive market can seem pretty binary. People talk about a zero-sum game. And I had to look that up. (laughs) It's a thing that clever people say. Um, And that's actually a situation where one person or business's gain is another person or business's loss. If you make a sale or win an order, then your competition loses one. If you get a five-star review, uh, then your competitors don't. But does it have to be that way? And is that always the best way to go? Because if you want to grow, increase your reach, have a bigger impact, then is it possible that collaborating with your competitors and working together with them can actually help you both out and stop you from you know, attempting to pound each other into dust? And it kind of seems counterintuitive in a way to be working with competitors, but it can totally give you and the world an advantage. So why should you think about this? Well, collaborating with a competitor can give you access to information and new resources that can help you both out. Working together can help to identify new sales opportunities, new opportunities to solve problems, uh, promote cross-selling, Uh, developing new products, uh, leaning on each other's capabilities to help you to serve customers better and give more value, make more of a difference. I just want to be really, really clear that I'm not talking about collusion. You know, collaborating at its best benefits uh, consumers, customers and society. And at its worst, it kills competition and really harms consumers. You know, so I'm not talking about price fixing or or any kind of collusion between competitors for their own advantage. I'm talking about collaboration. And just think about a what if scenario here. You know, so what if um, Amazon and uh, Apple and Google and Microsoft had got together and said, do you know what? Um, Voice search, voice activated um, search is going to be a big thing in the future. How can we work together to make that happen? And now we've got Siri on Apple. We've got Echo. We've got whatever the Google version is, Google Assistant. Um, And 
we've got all these different ways of talking to devices to search for things. Uh, but if you want to use Alexa, um, you can only really use it on the Amazon platform. And if you want to use Siri, you're stuck with Apple. So, you know, if they could have worked together to collaborate on, a, on an engine, what benefits could that have brought to voice-activated search? How much more flexibility could consumers get? It doesn't stop competition. All those companies could still compete uh, for your uh, business with their devices, with their um, applications, um, but the engine could have been the same. And, you know, what if you're in a business where you make one part of a system and somebody else makes another bit? So um, I'm in heating. And so, you know, there's the heating emitter, there's the heat source, there's the controls. Lots of examples of collaboration different businesses there to make a complete system to deliver better value for customers. Uh, what if you're a, a trainer and you're an expert in sales, but you can't make the same claim about your expertise in business strategy or, or, or service or, or marketing? What if you're a personal trainer and your clients need Pilates to get the result they're looking for? So these could be people that you're competing with, facing into similar markets, similar type customer base, using similar resources, similar technologies, dealing with similar challenges. And so if you think about the cost of developing new products and services, um, the costs of you know doing all of that on your own versus uh, if you could collaborate with somebody else with those skills, um, what benefits that could bring. If you think about um, the fact that you know competition has a place and healthy competition is good, but also with some you know cooperation, you can work together to identify the profitable business opportunities that might be around you to identify the solution that actually gets the customer what they want rather than half the solution. It can help them and it can help you. It also can, um, can push you forwards. You know, if you're working with a competitor and collaborating with a competitor, it can really help you to up your game. It can help you to look at things from a different perspective. And you know, your competitors might actually end up being the kind of mentor that you need to really take your business forward or the other way around. And like I've said already, there's information that you've got access to and your competitors have got access to with a bit of give and take, you can put it together and you can uh, create better products and services to, to make a better world. So there's a lot of advantages to collaborating with your competitors uh, you need to avoid the collusion thing. Make sure you're not doing anything that's anti-competitive. Um, uh, and also remember that it's potentially a bit risky. Uh, you know, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. Uh, a partner can be an asset and bring new skills, products, perspectives, ideas, but also could be a, a burden. 
you know, potentially it can cause some problems. So you need to do your due diligence before you start. Differences that you find after you've started a collaboration can be really, really challenging, really, really uh, slow you down. And, you know, you need to make sure before you get into a relationship or a, or a deal with a partner of any, t- of any kind, really, that you've kind of got that clearly set out. So how can you work out whether this competitor is the right kind of collaborator for you? Well, I've got six things to look out for. Uh, and I'm going to go through them now. So number one is, how does it feel? You know, being around this person or working with this competitor needs to make you feel good. You know, do you feel energised in their presence? And importantly, how do you feel afterwards? When you've had a meeting with them or a session with them, does that feeling of energy stay with you? Do you feel confident once you've left their company? Do you like them? I mean, the thing with feelings is that it doesn't sound very commercial, right? It doesn't sound very business orientated, but feelings amplify over time. And if you don't feel good now, and those feelings are going to amplify and get stronger, they're only going to get stronger again when you're working with somebody and perhaps facing some of the tougher business decisions that you might need to, to make. So just keep an eye out for how you feel around that potential business partner. Number two is what are their skills? They have to complement yours. So a partner, collaborator needs to be supportive, yeah, but really needs to fill the gaps in your strengths with their experience and expertise. And you need to do the same for them. So you need to understand how roles and responsibilities will be shared out between you. You need to write it down and agree it up front. It's really important to know who's going to do what to avoid any confusion, any wasted effort, and be as specific as you can. A good way to look at it could be, you know, do you need one of you to make it, one of you to sell it? Potentially, have you got a technical capability and a commercial capability? Have you got somebody who's into the detail whilst you're into the strategy? Have you got somebody who can front front it and then somebody who can deliver it? How's that going to work? And to really test it, can you do a workshop with them or perhaps have a facilitated session with them to see how you actually work together in practice to see whether what you think is going to be complementary actually plays out when you really get into it. So number one, how do you feel around this potential business partner, potential collaborator? Do you feel good? If so, on to number two, do their skills and capabilities and interests complement yours? Once you've got those two things, you need to go on to number three, which is about trust. Now, trust is so crucial. And it's not just about whether you trust them, it's about whether other people trust them as well. Taking references on a potential business partner, a potential uh, collaborator, is really important. 
And, you know, you should be open to them doing the same thing on you too. And you can't ignore anything that comes out of that, by the way. There's no point in just going through the motions on references. And also, if you have a team, when it actually comes to making this happen, there also needs to be a good degree of trust between the different teams that are going to be on this project or initiative. Because if they've been competing for a while, there's a chance there's going to be some history there, maybe, or that little bit of distrust. And as we know, as human beings, we kind of tend to wear towards the negative rather than seeing the positive. So spending some time in, one, establishing the trust, and two, building it is crucial. And then from trust, then everything can flow. And then four, you share common goals and values. Now, all of this, by the way, you know, presupposes that you've identified an opportunity to work together that fits. You know, you've got a joint initiative that is going to serve your strategy and theirs. But this is a bit deeper than that. So sharing those common goals and values, those motivations. So for example, if one of you is looking to maximize profit, whereas another one is looking to maximize service, that could bring you into conflict. There's lots of other things to look out for, but setting out what those values are, looking at if it's an established company with the values that are published, making sure there's that kind of fit or um, it looks like it can be a, a happy marriage uh, then, and that's really key, and then testing that when you get into discussions. And then number five, when you're going into a collaboration with a competitor or anybody else, there's going to be an element of negotiation. So how does the negotiation process work? How does it feel? Is it kind of a healthy, uh, mature, balanced, win-win type negotiation process? Do you get through the tricky discussions without any kind of emotional outbursts? Bit of passion, yeah, but you know, is it all sensible? And are you working together to to solve it rather than looking for areas overly actively to disagree on? I mean, you need parameters in any kind of agreement. And like I say, you need to, if you're going to collaborate with anybody and particularly a competitor, to make sure it's well documented. So, you know, in joint venture agreements or outsourcing agreements or, uh, you know, product, uh, you know, sale of purchase agreements, licenses, that kind of thing, you need those parameters established. Is it going to be 50 50 on everything forever? You know, or is it going to be on a specific project? And can you agree an exit route that both parties are happy with in the event that you need it? I mean, the negotiation process is it's a really valuable part of the process, actually, because you get to really understand each other. Great opportunity to look for ways to manage some of the potential trust concerns. You know, if you've got a contract there that backs up the relationship. You don't need to, um, uh, we don't want to, sorry, have to rely on a contract at the end of the day. But if you have, um, you know, protected the downside risk for both parties on the way in, 
um, then that can give you both that confidence to work together in an open way. If you can uh, collaborate on this part of the negotiation well, you know, practical ways to make sure that any trust concerns are easily resolved, then that will set you off on the right direction really well. And in the negotiation, you need to focus on what value is going to be created for both of you. You know, so focus on the growth opportunity, the uh, you know, broadening and growing a market that you're in, um, rather than you know narrowing it down. And that then leads you into a scenario where instead of getting into a kind of a a battle, like I said, to pound each other into the dust, you're ensuring the long-term health of the market that you're in, the consumers and customers you're looking to reach and, and to serve by really collaborating on those uh, new ways to, to serve better and to innovate for growth. So negotiation is a key part of the process. And if you can negotiate well with your competitor, come collaborator, then that's a really, really good sign. And step number six is listen to your intuition. Now, we all know invariably whether we're getting into something that we want to get into, and we all know if it feels right. But some of us do allow ourselves to kind of get into things sometimes without being 100% confident. And that little gap in confidence can sometimes be that little kind of nagging voice at the back of your mind uh, that you need to listen to. And, you know, you need to kind of lean on your intuition. Some people call it the gut instinct to sort of work through whether this is actually going to work for you. Um, and if your intuition doesn't agree with the fact that you're into a good deal or this is the right partner for you, then you really need to listen to that. So once you've established that collaborating with a competitor is going to help you and help them to grow and to have more impact, have more reach, make more of a difference for your consumers, your customers and society, follow these six steps. Make sure that being with this person that you're collaborating with makes you feel good. Make sure that their skills and their interests complement yours. Make sure the trust is there and not just for you, but for others as well. Make sure you're sharing those common goals and values. Make sure you have a really um, congruent and healthy negotiation process that arrives at a win-win. And keep listening to your intuition and make sure your intuition agrees that you're getting into something that you should be. Because if you can do this and collaborate with your competitors in a legal and ethical way, then it can create new sales opportunities. You can create new products and services and new ways to solve problems, to serve customers and society better with more value. And, you know, if you've spotted an opportunity to collaborate, but you've shied away from it or feel like you've tried it once and 
and it didn't work out, it's definitely worth your time to complete the due diligence, follow these six steps beforehand to really test if this is something that's for you. Because you know, a competitive market means that you're in existence to solve a problem that more than one organization or uh, company is, is looking to solve. It means there's a need there. So if you can collaborate and develop new products and innovate for new technology and do it in a way that working with somebody else means that you can make it lower cost potentially to develop it or add more value and offer more value at a more competitive cost to, to, the, to the customers, then you know, with the right effort and the right focus and the right, right relationships, you can make one plus one equal three, four or five, rather than you know creating this competition, competition, um, this competitive environment, if you like, where it really just becomes a zero sum game, where, where one person wins and the other person loses. So, my advice to you is if you're seeing an opportunity like this right now in your business or in your organization, start now, put some feelers out and uh, you never know, it could really make the difference for you and your business um, as we continue to work through these challenging times. So look, I hope that's helpful. Remember that if you're in business, the only real company that you're competing with is the company that you were yesterday. And if collaborating with a partner, uh, even if they're a competitor, is going to be the way for you to uh, really move forward and make things happen, then now really could be the best time for you to look at that. Okay, look, I hope that's helpful. Take care and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.